he pulls out a pellet gun and he loads the pellet gun and he gives it to me and he says, why don't you shoot me if you see me move? He says, don't shoot me right away, but I have no chance. But when you see me move, you can shoot me. This is the Chaz Palmentary Show. It's Monday at 11 o'clock. You know what that means. We have a new guest. But before I bring him on, I just want to remind you about uh, my one-man show playing all over the national tour all over the United States. Uh, go to ChazPalmentary.net, and you will uh, you see the dates on the screen right now. Those are the next dates for October, November. So just go to ChazPalmentary.net, and you will see where I'm going. Uh, doing my one-man show, a show that was voted um, number one show of the year in Las Vegas and a, a hit on Broadway. Okay, my next guest. You know I don't do Zooms too much, but I've been trying to get this guy for I don't know how long. And he said I can only do a Zoom because he's so damn busy. So uh, before I bring him on, I just have to tell you about this guy. This guy was the UFC heavyweight champion. That's right. The UFC heavyweight champion, after just two fights, he came in and became the UFC champion. He was three times world champion. I hope I'm saying it right. Pancras. Pancras? Is that how that's right? Pank three times world three champion. Times. He ended his career 22 unbeaten. 22 unbeaten fights. Unfucking heard of. He is a legend in the mixed martial arts. People say that, oh, he's a legend. He's like, no. This guy is a fucking legend. Okay. Bash Rutten, here he is. Bash, how are you? <laughs> and wait a minute. He's one hell of an actor, too. I did a, <laughs> we did a series together. I just did a, I did a guest star. He was on the series. And he's one hell yeah. of a damn actor, too. So, Bass, how's it going, Bass? It's it's going great. What an introduction, Chaz. I mean, coming from you, my friend, that is, that is so cool. It was so cool to meet you in the first place all the way back when we did that TV show. Yes, that was really uh, that was great with Kevin James, and we had a ball doing that. So, boss, so many things I want to talk to you about. Uh, the first thing is this: the the when you were three before we get to the UFC, you were three time champion in this art of pancreas. Now, what what's what makes that really different than the UFC? You would say. Pank was, was uh, and we actually started fighting before the UFC. My first fight was uh, a couple of days ago, 30 years. I mean, it was 30 years ago I fought my first wow. fight, September 21st, 1993. And I believe the UFC started in November, had their first show of 1993. So we were just before, but they these were Japanese rules. So Japanese, they wanted, in the early days, pro wrestling was real. And they wanted to make that again. They wanted kind of a pro wrestling organization, but there's real fights. So what right. they would do, because they're really good with leg locks and good with submissions and less with striking, they say, hey, let's let them put shoes on. Shoes with leg locks, you can ask every fighter, very bad, uh, very hard to escape. Also, open hand strikes to the face instead of closed fist. But closed fist to the body, you can kick the face, you can knee the face, you can do everything else, but only open hand strikes. But having no gloves, that would be very easy for chokes again. You see, so it was adapted to them. It was a really weird kind of style for people now who follow mixed martial arts. But right. I believe, truly believe that if you if you bring it back, because they had these rope escapes, like you see in pro wrestling. So imagine I get you in a choke, 
Right. I don't, you're, you can touch the rope with your head or with your foot. I have to let you go. But then again, that's the same as getting an eight count. You lose a point. So if the fight goes the distance and you grab the rope once, you're the one who's going to, uh, the guy who's going to get lose, losing. Wow. Yes. Uh, or, and they had eight counts as well. And now people go like, wait a minute. Mixed martial arts had eight counts. Now, let me explain you this. So I have, let me see, on my record, for my 28 wins, I have 14 knockouts, no, 11 knockouts and 14 submissions. But if you look at my record, how many submissions I did, I did 43 submissions and way wow. more knockouts. But that's because the eight count and the rope escape. So I believe those guys from Pancras, I mean, I believe seven guys from that small organization all became UFC champion because of that reason because now if you're fighting somebody and i got him in a choke but i, I was not strategically removed myself from the rope and he right. can't touch the rope boom he gets a lost point but you start on your feet again so you have more uh, ring time every time you start another sometimes i had four fights in one night so to say because <sighs> after you got somebody and he touches the rope you have to get back on your feet you got more experience and that's why again i believe so many guys from the from the from pancras became a ufc champion Wow, it was like great training for the UFC. That was you know? it. Yeah. And wow. I started beating the UFC champions already over there. And then we had the matchmaker coming, John Peretti at the time. He wanted to see me fight. And after the fight, he said, hey, you want to fight what? in the UFC? I said, I always wanted to go. So that's where I got. And you became a UFC champion. I mean, that's that's incredible. You were, you were world champion in two different martial arts. I mean, that's... God almighty. I mean, I have so much respect for champions. I mean, for not even the champion, for people who just do what you do. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't realize, Bass, how good you guys are. You know, they think, well, you know, I'm a tough guy. I could fight this guy. And I look at them and I go, listen to me. This guy will... Ch I remember uh, there was a guy, because uh, I, I, I boxed, but never professionally, but I still boxed. But I, I was fooling around with this guy once. He wasn't even... Uh, he wasn't even ranked. He was probably in the world 20th a, a fighter, you know? And he said, well, let's spar a little bit. And I, I said, well, I really don't spar too much because, you know, I'm an actor, you know? So yeah. he said, nah, come on, we'll just do it. Boss, he, it was like when I threw a punch, one was hitting me in the face already. <laughs> yeah. he, he knew when I was throwing, he watched my shoulders. It was a joke. Yeah. It was a joke. And I said, oh my God, this guy could kill me right now, you know? And I had another guy who was a, 11th in the world in uh, judo he was in the olympics and uh, i was in the gym with him and i said my his name was mark and i said mark you know i want to wrestle with you just <laughs> you know i said i just want to feel what it's like he treated me like my my like i was my five-year-old son yeah. every time i would grab him he just pushed me out I, so i tell people out there you want to fight a, a champion a guy's professional don't even think about it i mean bass when you're in the car and and somebody cuts you off, and they jump out of the car, and they bang on your window. What do you do? No, nothing. I, I just tell them all. Say, I, I, most of the time, I explain the situation. You know, if it was my fault, which very rarely is, but if it is, <laughs> I just I explain the situation. If it's his fault, I explain the situation as well. If they're emotional, I say, come on, let's calm down. This is stupid for this. Yeah, but if they continue, of course, you're going to have to do something. And thankfully, I never had it. The last time I had that was, oh, it was so funny. I came from my gym. And I shoot on the road and a, a guy like this stocky tattooed guy with a flat top starts honking the horn and he starts flipping me off. And I'm looking behind me to see if there's somebody else. It means somebody else. He say, no, you bald asshole. And I go, <sighs> what's going on? He says, you want to go? I go, 
sure. Do you want to dance? No, you want to dance is what he says. And I right. go, sure. He says, park the car over there. So we parked at, uh, I think it was the check in the box. And uh, <laughs> But when I got out of the car, he realized, he re so he pulled the car closed and he opened his window, very tiny. And I go, dude, he says, yo, 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 obviously you, you can beat the crap out of me. I go, no, 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 this is not it. I said, don't worry, I'm not going to do anything. What did I do? And he said, it looked like you came onto the road. I said, did they come on the road? No. I said, but it looked like, and that's why you want to fight. And he's looking wow. at me. I go, are you serious? And he says, yeah, it's yeah. kind of stupid, right? I go, that's what I'm saying, man. Come on. I didn't even yeah, do what you thought. I was. It, it makes no sense. You see, so most of the time, those situations, they make no sense. Right. It's the same as drunk people. You know, I try as a bouncer. I, you know, I try to de diffuse, diffuse, diffuse. Right. And then if it doesn't work, most of the time, you know, grab him in a joke. Some a joke well applied is the most safest thing on the planet. Trust exactly. me. You don't want to beat the guy up when he's all messed up the next day. Yeah, he didn't even yeah. Know Joe what he was Rogan. Doing, so. You know, Joe Rogan said that. He said actually, if you fight a guy who's a black belt or any belt in jujitsu, yeah, it, that's probably a good guy to fight because he's not going to hurt you. He's just going to like put you to sleep or or put you in a hole and say, "All right, just relax now. You're going to be okay." Yeah. As opposed to fighting a professional boxer or something where. You're going to get your head bashed in, you know? That that what, what you said when you rolled with Mark, I had that. My friend, I was a badass striker, won nine fights by knockout in a row, went over to uh, to a gym for the submission game. Right. And I, on the way back, I had to <clears throat> stop my car next to the road. I called my wife. I was so destroyed. They cleaned me up, armor, armor, choke. I thought, <laughs> I thought I could hold choke. So, I mean, I'm they're crushing my windpipe and I'm just trying to fight everything. I had to eat uh, liquid food for three days. Wow. My wife was laughing. She goes, this is it, right? You're never going to be back. I go, oh no, I'll be back in the six months. I'm going to tap all these guys. And I did. So that was wow. the good thing, but it now, was a did, bad did day. Did you study Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu best? You know what I did? I, I taught everything myself. Like people wow. don't understand. My, my first 11 months in Japan, I worked out on the back. And maybe once every three weeks, I would go to Japan, to uh, to uh, Amsterdam and to roll with the guys there. But somehow, sometimes when I went over, they didn't even want to roll. I don't know what was going on. And I didn't have no partner. <clears throat> so then when you said with the 22 fight uh, beating uh, on street, right. beat, what happened was after my last loss by uh, Ken Shamrock, um, he got me in a knee bar, which... Well, they can break your leg pretty much. Yeah. And then I got very wow. became very vocal. I go like, I, okay, I have to find somebody, and I start asking everybody. And I found this one kid who was 19 years old at the time, Leon Van Dyke, crazy striker, crazy uh, athlete as well. And we just start watching fights and watching instructionals. And then I realized, wait a minute, if I do it like this, a little different, it's better. Oh, wait a minute, I can have a better setup for this because everybody knows this setup. Maybe if I create three or four different setups for that. And I started and I became insane. Jess, I, I woke up my wife in the middle of the night at least six times where I would dream a submission. I would put her in that submission. I would write it down. I would ask her for it. This is 100%. You can ask her. I would write it down. And then the next day, I would try the whole house with little post-its with combinations leading to certain submissions. And that was it. I won. This is the fun part. So I lose my last five by submission. Then I win my next eight by way of submission. And now these people go like, what the hell is going on? And I never lost a fight again. Just because Jesus I made a God. conscious decision... You got to do And listen, everybody can do this. I always talk, you know, they say, yeah, but, but you must. Yes, I have talent, but I'm not like these really freaking talented guys. I'm really not. 
but no, I will bash, work bash. It. You're very gifted. You're very gifted for somebody to do that. You got it. You know, come on. You're gifted. Yeah, but you're... I do it all day long, Jess. You know, yes, I do that's it what three I mean. times a day, two hours, six hours a day. You know, so yes, boom, 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 boom. you put the work in. Yes, you put that's the work it. in. You know, you put the work in, and you do triple the amount of work. You, you're triple as fast as everybody else. I, you know, I watched a lot of your fights, and even before I met you, I watched them. I said, man, this guy is. You had that kick to the liver or the punch to the liver. And my God, I, one, thing, one thing I always said as a boxer, I teach my son, and my son's a wonderful boxer. I said, you know, Dr., you could punch somebody in the face and they could take a good punch. They'll come back. But yeah. if you catch them right in the liver, he's going down. Yeah. I mean, do you agree with that? Oh, same story here. I was a great karate guy. I was beating everybody up at my gym, and I was going to be this badass Thai boxer. My first class in Thai boxing, because karate is no punches to the head. So right. my hands were here. And I'm I'm facing a professional guy who figured me out really fast. So when he punched me in the face, since I was not used to it, I, I overcommitted to it. So I set myself up. And within three combinations, he dropped me with a body shot, liver shot. And I never experienced that before. Whoa, and yeah. that was it. That was, I go, okay, I got to know this. I was completely in shock. I couldn't do anything. and completely clear-minded. I go, man, this is a perfect weapon. And that's when it, my love for the liver shot comes from. But I got dropped really freaking hard to first class again. Yeah, but one thing about you, like, you, ha you get a defeat if you, and then you learn from that defeat and become even better. You know, you know, it's amazing. No, 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 but this that. is exactly what you talk. I'm actually having an, uh, an, an, a planet boss. It's a thing that I do for muscle and fitness. And I just came up out with an, uh, with an episode uh, that they can see on muscleandfitness.com and then go to Muscle and Fitness Plus and right. then Planet Boss. And that's, and that's exactly what you're talking about now. I learned from my mistakes. I show you a fight in which in where I lost with Ken Shamrock, for instance, that knee bar. And then you see me two fights further fighting another guy. And I do exactly the same setup. I use exactly what Ken Shamrock used on me. I do it on him. And I did that with a few fights, you know, so I lost by that. But then I took it to myself to learn that. And then I actually want to fight with it. And it's pretty fun to see because that's what you say. If you learn from your mistakes... I never was down. I was never destroyed. I see these guys that are crying. I go, dude, you have to work harder. That's what it means. I mean, I just lost. If I know how to defend this, I'm going to be a stronger fighter. So let's wow. work. That's how I always wow. thought about wow. it. You know, I noticed, I mean, the UFC really evolved. Like in the beginning, the, you know, you took over. Then um, uh, Hoist Gracie, you know, was there. But then all the, I remember when it happened. It was like really strange. I watched this fight with Hoist Gracie and Matt Hughes. I remember. And all of a sudden, Matt Hughes was wrestling. He, he had all the things, and he was just stronger, and he was able to combat Hoist, and then he beat him, I remember. And yeah. he won the championship. And people said, this is, this is the new level now in the UFC. I remember that when seeing that. So you do you think that today... To be a world champion in UFC, you have to be good at everything, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you have to be 100%. Now, there's still some guys who uh, prefer certain things. Like, this is what 100% you need. You need to, wrestling is the glue. You need good wrestling. Like, I always sucked at wrestling. That's why my ground game just became good. Like, right. I had, like I said, I had 41 submissions. I never took anybody down. That means that they took me down and I submitted them. <laughs> you see, so... 
but you have, need to be either a good wrestler and a good striker or a good wrestler and a good ground fighter. Because if you are a good striker and you can stop a ground fighter with your, with your wrestling from taking you down, you can knock him out. And if you're a really good wrestler, so you can take anybody down you want, and you're a really good submission guy as well, then you know, you're going to be succeeding as well. Best thing is, of course, to know everything. And, and, and trust me, these crazy athletes we have right now, the level is so much higher. I mean, right. the rules, the weight classes, wow. it's a science. I mean, they're the women, I don't want to fight the women. <laughs> they're so strong. <laughs> right. I know. I mean, my son, who is 27, he's been studying with uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Like I said, he's a great striker. But he wanted to learn more. You know, he, re he likes it as a hobby, you know. That's all, just for a hobby. And he trained. And he's a white belt. He's about to be a blue belt really soon. He's a white belt and about to be a blue belt very soon. He's been studying about a year, okay? <laughs> and him and I were fooling around. I, I, he just no like, chance. No chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I get him down, and he goes, all right, Dad, get, you get on top. I get him down. So he goes, hold me down. I, I hold him down, and I try to get him in a choke, a choke him, and all of a sudden... He gets me in a in a in a triangle, and I, I can't breathe. I mean, yep. not, but my my arms like this, and he's got me in a triangle. Yeah, breathe. yeah, I don't see it. Then, up. He, then I go, all right, don't do the triangle, don't do it. He, he goes, all right, I hold him down, and I'm holding him down like this. He gets me in a, a Ezekiel. You know, yep. I think yeah. I'm winning, and the next minute I know <laughs> I'm tapping yeah. out. And he's, he's, not, he's not even a blue belt yet. That's, you know, I tell everybody, you, so in the beginning, we all thought that striking, those guys were the man. And right. we thought that, oh, that groundwork, that's for sissies. Look at them. It's like, a, you know, even the word gay was mentioned. Remember, and all the way back, they say, oh, it's for gay people, ah, people. Okay, I tell you a story, this blows your mind. And it was mine also. So I see a move on a big screen a day before my fight. This is actually how I received my honorary fifth degree black belt with this story. I see my uh, I see a preview on a, a giant screen. We're talking a building big in Japan. And this is 94. Uh, and the first thing we see is me knocking out my, my opponent for my first fight. It's the preview for the next day. And I go, wow, all the fighters are there. We go, dude, that's so cool. I've been watching the preview. And I see somebody sitting in half guard and he, he goes for an inverted heel hook. Now, it's too hard to explain what it is, but it's anyway, you if your foot is like this, you reverse the foot to the other side, which is uh -huh. going to either dislocate your knee or your or your ankle. Right. And I'm looking at the 10 degree Kyokushin guy who stands behind me, whose Mazoyama is the, the guy who started, the founder of Kyokushin Karate. He's the one just below him, the highest foreigner there is. Right. John Blooming. And I'm looking, I say, oh, that's a cool move. I should remember that because at that time I have no experience. So the next day I'm in the fight. And I'm like, do you know I'm in that position? So I go, I might as well try it. So I grab it. But since I never done it, did it before, I had no clue the amount of pressure I was going to put on his knee and on his ankles. So I'm grabbing it. I'm falling back. And we hear something pop. Oh. I pop. So I let go. And I think, okay. Well, I thought it was his knee. And the referee thought so. But they, he stands up and he feels his knee. And he goes, and I'm literally looking at the referee like I heard a pop. And he heard a pop too. And he says, no, I'm okay. What we didn't know was that his shin bone was cracked. That's what we heard pop. 
So then he kicks me with that leg and I just take the kick and flex into it. And then his leg wrapped around my leg, falls on the ground, broke his shin bone. And that was the moment that I go, oh, dude, we always thought that striking was for the, the toughest part. Right. This, you can break any bone, you can dislocate any joint in the body. And not only me, your son, who's not even a blue belt, can pretty much do that already. That's how powerful that is. That's that's pretty badass if you think about it. Dislocating wow, any yeah. joint or, and breaking any bone. I choose that above striking. Wow. Like, here's the question I had for you, boss. If you were, you train fighters now? Do you train fighters at all? Not as much anymore. I just moved to Texas. Uh, I have right. a gym still in California. And right now I'm so busy, Jess, you know? Yeah. Oh, God, listen, flying all over the place. God bless. If you, if somebody was getting into the UFC, would you say, what would you rather have? Uh, he was a natural great striker or a natural great wrestler? Which one do you think is better? You know, it's so hard. Sometimes, sometimes if you're a pure striker, somehow the mechanics are not there for the ground fighting. And somehow when you're a really ground, great ground fighter, the you're weirder on your legs. Yeah, uh, when you're standing. So, and some guys they just go really fast. You have a TJ Dillashaw or a BJ Penn. BJ Penn. I mean, this guy trains three years Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He gets a black belt. All the Brazilians in Japan say, "Oh, that's bull. It's not possible. It's a, a, a present." He goes to Brazil to the World Championships, beats everybody. This guy trained for three freaking years as a black belt. That's unheard of. That's, that's unheard of. In, that's unheard of. And then he goes into the UFC. And that's where he picks up striking. He's, he just stopped submitting people because he started knocking people out, just left and right. He became this really great striker as well. So you see some of these guys, that's why his nickname is the prodigy, right? yeah. <laughs> because he's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, wow. it, it depends on the person and on what they're willing to learn. That's what I always say. A lot of people, they want to learn, but they don't really want it. It's really weird. They don't want to give everything for it. Like my last loss, that was it. It's not going to happen anymore. Three times a day, every day. Uh, forget about striking. I, I can't knock out everybody. I don't need to strike. Only for stamina. I did tight pads and focus mitts. And for the I didn't even spar anymore. But every day, ground, 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 all day long. And writing it down and being busy with it. And then you become good. And if a good wrestler or submission guy does that with striking, he has to become good because you put the time in it. Wow. What do you no, Do you still work out now in the gym? Do you work out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do my workouts at home. I'm, I'm sitting actually here. This is the man cave that I just almost finished here in my house. And yeah. I got this. Uh, thing. I like cable machine routines, punching drills. I punch and I pull back. Also, it's really good for the core, really good for right. every muscle. You're using everything in 35 minutes. You can do a workout that you get in the gym will take you an hour and a half. Wow, wow. Do you, do you work out with weights? Because I'm always interested in what people do. Uh, do you work out with weights at all? I do a little bit with weights. I have to. Uh, I don't know if you can see. I mean, I can lean it up, maybe. No, I have four look, neck no, surgeries. You look like you got guns on you, man. I can see oh, those Oh, yeah, but no, no, no. No, watch this. Uh, because it's all atrophied. Look, it's a whole hole here. Right. So what happened was I had next I dropped up on top of my head in a in a movie scene actually this not didn't even happen in fighting and it crushed my nerves <clears throat> and oh. it stops the nerves to the arm so this arm became like a stick and now I'm rehabbing the arm this is already eleven years twelve years now so I'm not going to get it back but I have to keep busy with it so I have to you do my biceps busy. curls just to keep firing those nerves wow wow 
So you, you, you now. I, I this is a question I got to know. You, you grew up. You were born in what Amsterdam? Uh, no, all the way at the, the opposite. I'm all the way from the south of Holland, in a, in a, a city called Tilburg. Very okay. hard to pronounce. <laughs> so when you grew up, all of it, you know what? This young guy grew up. Uh, what did your dad do? My dad was a bookkeeper. A bookkeeper. Okay. This big company. How did you get into this martial art thing? How, how did that? People like to know that. How did that happen? <laughs> well, it happened because. When we moved from that big city, when I was six years old, we moved to a smaller village, <coughs> Valkenswaard. It's it translated into Falkentown. And somehow, uh, when I came out of the womb, I was covered with eczema. But I went away. And when I was six years old, that all came back. I was the leper in school. That's what the kids called me. My hands would be so disgusting if I would make a fist, like pus would come out. I had to wear gloves, long sleeves. I had it in my neck. I had in my eyes, wow. so needless to say, I was bullied on a daily basis. And then I had also severe asthma. So if my eczema would be really bad, I wouldn't have oh. asthma. And if my asthma attack would come every five weeks, I would be a week in bed, then I then I would my skin disease would look better. It goes back and forth. A lot of kids out there have the same what I have. Right. You know, so when you get bullied for like six, seven years in a row, and then suddenly you see a Bruce Lee movie in a foreign country. Enter the dragon, and I go, wait a minute, if I become like that guy, and that put me on the track, it took me two years to convince my parents to do martial arts. So 12 years, I saw the movie when I was 12. When I was 14, I, I, they allowed me, finally. They got sick of me asking. I was taken under the wing by an adult who was dating my neighborhood girl. She was my neighbor girl. She was very pretty, and he was the man in town. Xavier was his name, Xavier. They say it here. And he took me to the adult classes. So as a 14-year-old, I was training with the adults. And in two and a half months, I started dropping some of these adults. And then I overheard these guys talking in the dressing room about me. They say, man, did you see he just dropped Jack with a freaking kick to the face? Everybody was laughing. Man, I got it. That kid has a lot of talent. And once you start listening to adults, you know, for, there I'm the leper and then I'm a nobody. But I knew I was a great athlete. I've always been a great athlete. And then suddenly the adults said I could fight. Boom. That led me into the biggest... The, my biggest fight, my still my favorite fight in the world uh, before my world championship, because this was the very first time I stood up for myself. I was riding my bicycle on the street, and there he was, the biggest bully in my school. Shaki was his name. And he, hey, leper, they were shouting something, and this time I shouted something back. And then he, everybody laughed, and I looked back, and sure enough, they started to chase me. But there wasn't the reason for chase because I said, this is it, no more. And I put my bike on the stand. I get emotional speaking now. It's weird. Uh, put my bike on the stand. It's surrounding me. And then he came in the middle of us, you know, uh, and he started challenging me. Come on, leper, hit me. And I knocked him out. One punch. Boom. Puff. Out. And everybody was in shock. And I said, anybody? And nobody had anything. Because I guess they were just afraid of him. If you can win, beat him, join him. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. And that was it, uh, Jess. That's when I I started uh, going after every bully. I made a list. I made a list of all my bullies. And I started checking <laughs> off every freaking bully. Dude, I don't want guys saying, please, I don't even remember. I said, oh, I do. Boom. <laughs> I, even, I was relentless. I, I couldn't stop it. And then it became my profession. So the bullies are actually the reason that I'm talking to you yeah. right now. Well, you see, you my know what? I do that's amazing. And I do a lot of people, uh, I, a lot of people, I, you know, my motto is my from my movie, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. 
So I want people to realize that are listening out there, uh, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple, here's a man, you, you just heard what he said. He grew up with, you know, when he was had asthma, he had, uh, what was it, what do you say? Eczema. Eczema, you know, and so, so if you have these things, he didn't let it, he didn't let it bring him down. He said, what, you know what, I'm going to take this and I'm going to channel that energy and I'm going to do something about it. So if you're listening or you're watching, you know, it's all a matter of what you do. Here's a guy who would think, who would think he had this? They call him the leper. The guy becomes three-time world champion, a champion in the UFC. So, guys, if you're out there, whether male or female, all you got to do is take the bull by the horns. I mean, Bash, you're a real inspiration to a lot of people, man, really. Thank I you. Mean, uh, thank you, Chess. But, you know, there's also people, they... But uh, we all have our talents. And there's people, if they're physically not as gifted, they're gifted in their mind. They're much better right. minds. And they have to do something with that. The worst thing is giving up to certain people. And always positive. Like my, my friends say, how can you live with that? You know, how can you get there with the eczema? I say, well, what I have on my hands, and there's spots here and in my face, I know there's people out there who are covered from head to toe completely with this crap. And also with my asthma attack for a week, I know there's people out there who have that 365 days a year who always have an attack like that. They have to move to Switzerland, <clears throat> to the Alps in order to get the uh, the oxygen there, you know, because wow. it's cleaner over there. So there's always somebody. This is a rule that I've made in myself. There's always somebody who has it worse than you. And if you think about that, you can deal with it. Wow. Well, that's a great, I mean, that's a, just a great mindset. It's always, it's always thinking of the positive, always thinking of, uh, you know, it's not as bad as you think it is. It's just not, it's not as bad as you think it is. So let's talk a second. So how's the acting coming? How's that coming? You know what? I put it a little bit. I'm not really pushing it. I'm, um, I'm at the chairman of Karate Combat, which is this newest, well, we're almost there for five years now. It's a karate league, uh, karate.com. Go there and you can see it. It's free. Nobody has to pay. It's the first full contact karate league. We have Olympian karate, karatekas competing full contact in a pit, which has like a 45. It's very classic. I saw that. I saw it. I watched that. Yeah. It's is that the real deal? Cool. Is that real, boss? I mean, that's the real oh, deal, yeah. right? No, 100% real. I'm the chairman of the organization now. We have a crypto coin. We have everything. You can gamble. You cannot lose. It's not gambling. It's up gaming only because Karate Combat takes only the losses. If you're smart, and I tell everybody, buy the Karate tokens now. They're very cheap. You know as well with crypto, it can go crazy suddenly. This organization is set up by a really big crypto guy who knows a lot about it. Right. Uh, it's the only one. I think you should, and you support the fighters as well. If you and and what fighter, is it called? What is it called? Karate Combat. Karate Combat. I want to write yeah, that down. Karate.com is the website. Karate.com. And it's amazing. You can use those walls, 45-degree angle walls. You can run them up. You can take people down. You can ground and pound in karate. Can you imagine? Take downs, ground and pound. You cannot submit, of course. and not No not, submissions. No submissions, no holding. And the rest is everything fighting, and it goes, man. We have some really great fights. We just came back from the Dominican Republic, and uh, that, and that was a crazy show. Outdoor show. Uh, it's on there, Karate Combat 41. And like I said, it's for free. So now check do it you, out. I think you're going to love it. And your kids will love it, and even young kids will love it. 
Is punching in the face allowed? Oh, yeah. Everything is full contact. Knees to the face. Everything, no no protection. Really tiny gloves. Four ounce gloves. So they're really tiny gloves. Oh, yeah. Last fight, we had nine fights. Last show, we had nine fights, seven knockouts. So people are going. Wow. I mean, isn't it dangerous, boss, to get hit with a spinning wheelhouse kick? I mean... I mean, does anybody ever get really hurt? Like, if we we just had a guy, he lost. He was a last minute replacement, but I saw tape on this guy. Oof! He made the spinning wheel kick, like you said, with the heel, and thankfully he touched him with the bottom of his foot. But if he would have pulled his toes back and with the heel, with that kind of power, and I mean the way he threw it, propelling it. Yeah, it's a very scary thing, man. You you go like that. That's a hole in somebody's head when that really connects. I I, I have no clue why that didn't happen yet. Uh, in, in in martial arts in general, because it's everywhere, and you got some of these taekwondo guys. And of course, taekwondo it's not full contact, but trust me, they know how to kick full contact. And wow. no. I have a guy, a friend of mine, Majid is his name. He was on the Pakistani team in uh, in uh, in uh, uh, what is it, taekwondo. I, his legs are almost as fast as my hands. It is, if I say that, trust me. It goes, wow, yeah. there. I go, dude, first thing we start, we start, <laughs> I gave him like three, four low kicks, really hard. And he goes, my legs. I go, exactly. I said, I'm not <laughs> going to go through that crap. So I kicked right away. I start kicking his legs. You know, Had to slow him down. He's way too Yeah. Fast. You know, I watch these UFC fights and I see these guys, you know, they do that. You know, that's, that kick to the thigh, you know, and, and oh. sometimes they check it. And, but they're still fighting, you know. And I said, so, again, uh, I was f playing with my son, and I could always bring up my son. And I said, Dante, all right, you know, do that, do that kick to the thigh, but don't do it hard. I said, yeah. just, you know, I just want to feel what. So we put up a, he didn't even do it hard. No. And I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. How do these guys stand up after that? I don't understand that, man. Yeah, it I mean, was it was my last fight. Uh, I fought after seven years not competing. I fought in the in the forum in the in the, in L.A. and I fought a, a guy a last minute replacement because my opponent, the original opponent, tested positive for steroids. So I fought this two hundred and sixty five pound guy. Uh, I had a rip out, so I couldn't punch really hard. And they said, "What are you going to do?" I said, "I'm going to try to knock him out. If that doesn't work because I can't really torque because of my rip, right? I'm going to give him low kicks." And if that doesn't work, I'm going to shoot, take him down, and go for a submission. <laughs> well, the low kicks worked. Three low kicks. Fight was over. And that's a professional guy. You see? Wow. So and if so, people have no clue. They say, oh, kick to the thigh. Yeah, right. My taekwondo teacher would say that. Until I started Thai boxing and I came back, I go, dude, this is crazy. It hurts. He says, you cannot hit me with it. I just check it. I said, you can't. Why not? I said, because I'm setting it up with punches. I distract you first. He says, let's spar, he says. And it was poof, bomb, kick, bump, bump, bump. And he goes, shit. I go, exactly. So then he started adding it to his program because he was in, it was literally within two minutes. He said, we're going to have to add this because this is a real big weapon. And now you got the calf kicks too, right? Now they kick to the, the calves. Yeah. And if you lift your leg and your muscle is relaxed, there's nothing that keeps those bones. Now, the tibia, the, the front one is strong, but the feeble up behind it, that's a little tiny bone. And if your muscle is relaxed and you get kicked, that will break. And you've seen this happening now a bunch of times. Yeah, I've seen that. You know, I saw Joe Rogan hitting the heavy bag with his kicks. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Man, this guy's the real deal, you know? That's next I, level stuff. 
That's really next level stuff because I saw the way he does his back kick, what he risks, people have no idea. What he risks with a back kick, straight back kick to the back, that power, he needs to be 100% convinced that he connects. Because, boy, if he slips, if he misses the target, he's going to throw his leg out of the socket. There is really? no way with that power. So people go like, oh, that's a hard kick. I say, no, the danger he's taking. He knows. He did this 10,000, 20,000 times. Otherwise, he would right. never do that. What yeah. you, and, and, and you see again, a spinning kick? A spinning kick? Oh, He does also a spinning kick. I <laughs> saw it. When he hit the bag, I was like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah he's an Somebody animal. better not mess with belt. him. I saw him doing stand-up. He was very funny. I said to myself, somebody better not get up there and bother this guy. <laughs> oh, he's good everywhere. He's smart. He's, he's funny. He's, I mean, he can do anything. I'm a, yeah, he can. Dude, he can. I'm intrigued by him, man. It's, uh, he's, he's a spe special individual. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think about, uh, you know, we're, we're getting close, but what do you think about this thing called uh, Kagrama? Krav uh, Maga. Yes. What, is that for real? <laughs> Okay, so unfortunately, there's a lot of bad schools out there. Oh. Um, they don't do updated trick. And this is just people that do stupid stuff. If somebody has a gun, they do this, yes. the gun falls on the ground. Like all that stuff is the worst case scenario. You can never let a, now it's a fight for the gun. It's just the dumbest thing to do. You need to control the weapon. Now, there is an organization called Krav Maga Worldwide. That's the only one right. I do with. And they also, they add jiu-jitsu. They also add striking and kickboxing okay. classes. And then they do the weapon defenses. And the weapon defenses they use are straight from the military, from Israel, and from around the world. If something changes, something happens, and that particular technique can be made even better, they updated it immediately. They gave everybody the notice. Um, I, I met a friend of mine, Amir Peretz, and you can go on YouTube. He did fight science. They asked me if I could uh, do gun takeaways. I said, yes, I can. I said, but you don't want to have me. You want to have that guy. You know, I met him. He came to my gym because we met each other in a, in a club. With his brother was there, and I was with my friends. And he I, that was the first time I was in America in '97. And he said, "My God, what are you doing here?" I said, "I live here now." He said, "Are you teaching?" I said, "Yes, I'm teaching at the Beverly Hills Jiu Jitsu Club, which is, doesn't exist anymore." So he came to my class, and then after my class, he says, "This is great. I'm going to sign up. Can I show you what I do?" And I go, "Sure." So he pulls out a plastic knife, and I go, "You know what? It's cool. Don't worry about it." He goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "All that crap. I've been there in many times." And he goes, okay. So he walks back to his uh, back. He pulls out a pellet gun and he loads the pellet gun and he gives it to me. And he says, why don't you shoot me if you see me move? And I go, what? And my whole class is there. And he says, but when you see me move, you, you, you're allowed to shoot me. He says, don't shoot me right away, but I have no chance. But when you see me move, you can shoot me. I did it like five or six times, uh, Chess. I, I couldn't do it. And the worst part, I'm standing like this. He goes, stop. And he already hit me, and he has my gun. We're talking, we're talking two hundredths of a second. When you go on YouTube and you put his name Amir Peretz, there is a moment where he grabs the gun away from a guy, and then he hits the guy, and then when he starts disarming, this is where the bullet comes out. He already hit the guy and, and almost did a complete disarm, wow. and then you see the bullet suddenly coming out. All the slow motion is the most bizarre thing. The producer was freaking out. So those guys, yeah, yeah they make it real. <laughs> and then it works. And that's so good. I mean, you're just like an encyclopedia on it. I couldn't wait to talk to you about martial arts. I said, <laughs> this guy's like the father of martial arts. I got to talk to this guy. So, <clears throat> Bass, uh, I'm so happy that I got a chance to talk to you. Uh, definitely when you're in town again, I want to have you on the show. 
I love for you to meet my son because he he would love to talk to you. He he saw your fights and he's like, hold. He used to say, Dad, that's the, this guy with these liver shots. I can't take it. I said, I know, man. He's amazing. So, because I always taught him the liver, always hit in the liver. <laughs> yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. You you are a gentleman. Uh, I wish you so much success, so much health first and wealth. God bless you. And uh, I'd love to have you on the show again when you're in town, boss. Oh, 100%. I would love to, 100%. So as soon as it slows you. down, I'm actually taking a plane in order to do it. I would love to be there. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of our show. Bash Rutten. Again, three-time world champion in pancreas, uh, a champion in the UFC. I mean, this guy's a legend. He's the real deal. God bless you all, and I will see you next week.